This is the Off the Charts Business Podcast for multi-passionate entrepreneurs. Here, you'll learn how to design a scalable business so you can spend more time outside, away from the screen, through actionable ideas, real-world examples, and pep talks from your host, that's me, Natalie Lucier, founder of Access Ally. This is the Off the Charts Business Podcast for multi-passionate entrepreneurs. Here, you'll learn how to design a scalable business so you can spend more time outside, away from the screen, through actionable ideas, real-world examples, and pep talks from your host, that's me, Natalie Lucier, founder of Access Ally. Hello, hello. I am so excited and honored to welcome today our guest, Kim Garst, who is an international best-selling author, marketing strategist, keynote speaker, and she's been featured by Forbes as a top 10 social media power influencer. So welcome, Kim. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so excited to be here, Natalie. Yes. So I I have known you and known about you and kind of followed you for so many years. And I think a lot of people in the online space know you. But for those of you who may be new to Kim, how did you kind of come to be where you are and do the type of work that you do? I'd love to kind of give maybe a short backstory. (laughs) Unfortunately, it's a long backstory. So we'll try to scrunch it into just a, a few minutes. But I've been in the online space for about 31 years, you know, used to could say, okay, over 25 years, and now I'm over 30 years. It's hard to believe it's been like a blank. I definitely started out at the beginning of, you know, the internet becoming commercial. I've built seven, seven figure online businesses over the years, a few six figure, you know, had really great success in my online journey. And it started though with really just having my oldest son, you know, with can't was a paralegal getting ready to go to law school, just had gotten my acceptance letter. They we had my son and I was like, Yeah, I can't do that. They laid him in my arms and life shifted, my priorities shifted. And I was like, Okay, how can I, you know, do something from home and, and not have to put him in daycare? So that spawned all of it. And I've had various business models over the years. I feel like I'm in a constant pivot because I see part of it is good. My journey and my length of, or longevity, that's a good word for my age, right? Longevity (laughs) is, is that I do see what's happening, what's shifting in the space, because it's always, I think it's all, that's one thing that is a common, there's one commonality in the online space and that is change. So I, I feel like my business models have shifted over the years because of, Hey, that's no longer working. What is working? Go in that direction. So, so yeah, it's been a, it's been a ride for sure. I love that. And yeah, I think a lot of moms can relate (laughs) to to those like, okay, like priorities shift and I have to figure out a new way to do things. And obviously that has led you down an amazing path. So that's a a really cool story that that you get to share. So, you know, thank you to your son (laughs) for for giving, giving you to us in a way. Right. So I tell people all the time that I'm an accidental entrepreneur because it literally, I just wanted to make a couple hundred bucks when I first started to pay the car payment. That was my goal, you know? So had no vision for my possibilities at that time, which is one of the reasons I'm super passionate about helping people find their possibles. I love that. And so you mentioned, you know, you've tried a lot of different types of things. Today, we're going to be talking about how to leverage your online courses to help you have steady $20,000 plus months. So we're going to get into that, but I'd love to hear about some of the things you have tried. And I know you've 
sold different types of programs, whether it was memberships or maybe digital downloads. Like I know you've tried a lot of different things. So could you give people an idea of some of those things you've tried? And maybe if you have examples that you want to show, you could show some as well. Yeah, absolutely. So really all the things, all the business models that you are currently probably familiar with from, you know, digital products to eight, I've had two two agencies. I currently have a boutique agency that focuses just basically on clear messaging. And the fascinating part about the internet is, like I said before, the changes and what used to work doesn't work as well anymore. One of the things that I think is interesting about the shifts, you know, we talked briefly about the shifts in the space and all the things I've done from agencies to, you know, signature courses to, you know, all the things. I think what I'm seeing right now is a shift. And you were talking about how do you get to those 20K months? And I'm going to just, can I just share how you do it like quickly? Like, okay, stop trying to sell $7 things. Okay. Or stop. It's not that those, you can't still sell those, but that's not going to get you to 20 K months without a lot of effort and, or a big community that you can sell low ticket things into the shift today. And I would even say, stop trying to sell your standalone course. Nobody's going through them. Newsflash, you're not helping people. You're selling them something and you're kind of letting yourself off the hook because you're like, I delivered the goodies. It's up to them. But we're kind of still on the hook because we're after a transformation for people. If we just collect their money and, you know, they send them on their way, you haven't helped them any because, like I say, people aren't going through it. So the shift is this. It is creating what I would call a hybrid model or that's kind of the phrase everybody's using right now, which is a combination of knowledge, curriculum, coaching, because they need you. They need your expertise. They're not going to come, they're not going to go through your content unless you guide them. So you're their guide, you're their coach and community, and then sell it for a ticket price that is worthy of your knowledge. You know, you spend a lot of time acquiring knowledge, acquiring the know-how to put the course together to begin with, you know, time, energy, money. In most cases, you've spent money to acquire that knowledge, whether you went to a traditional college or you worked for it, meaning you went to a traditional J-O-B, whatever your knowledge base is, you worked hard to get it. And yet you're going to give it away for $297? Stop. Repackage it, reposition it, and sell it for five thousand dollars or more. And then you only need four people to buy it every month. Boom, you're there. I love that. And I think a lot of times people think, oh, I'm gonna look at what my competitors are doing or people in the space, and then I'll price like slightly above or slightly below. And then people will just compare our prices and our offerings. But if you make a big jump and change the way that you deliver it, and you're not just delivering the same thing, but you're actually going above and beyond with the coaching element and the community element, that is where the value really comes in. And then you're not comparing apples to apples, you're comparing apples to oranges, and then people will see that value and be a lot more happy with the results they get in the program that you're creating. So I love that so much. (laughs) And what I think I really am getting the transformation for people. I mean, it was so disheartening. And beginning of every year, we look at, we evaluate the business, what's working, what isn't. And this past year, we looked at all the video views. I mean, I'm creating a 
course a month for the Business Builders Academy and nobody's watching this content. I'm killing myself to create all this stuff. And then nobody's going through it. I'm like, whoa, Nellie, this is, this is broke. This model is broke. My husband says, you know, that they're, why are, it, he often says this, he says, why are good things expensive? Because they're worth it. So you are worth it and put a price tag on it. There's a value proposition to, um, you know, if somebody's saying, hey, I'm going to give you a kitchen sink for $7. Do you really believe that? Now we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Did you know Access Ally is the most flexible way to sell and elegantly deliver digital offerings as your business grows, all in one place on WordPress. You can create online courses, memberships, directories, and communities, and even sell team access, all on your terms. Go to accessally.com to get a demo and see why it's the business scaling solution you've been looking for. Absolutely. And there's definitely a place for those lower tier offers. And I think one of the things that you do great is you talk a lot about how to turn cold traffic into people who are willing to buy from you. And I know sometimes people say you need that low price offer to get people to trust you and kind of have a good experience at the lower end before you sell the higher end. But I don't think that's necessarily required if you know how to get people to warm up and trust you and kind of get the value they need before they jump into a higher end program. So can you talk a little bit about how you do that. I know you do that through live video and you have other really awesome ways of doing it, but I feel like that might be the missing link for people too. So I'm going to say this from a place of experience because I've done the low ticket things. I've built my list primarily off of the back of freebies, meaning, Hey, this is something value-based for free. Sign up for it, grab it. Right. What I have found is that I have built a list of freebie seekers and state of buyers. And I hope in your listening, it's not that I'm saying you shouldn't have a freebie or that you shouldn't have low ticket things. I'm, I'm not saying that, but I feel like there's a better way. And I'm going to share the better way because I've had the experience of doing it the other way that I just said, the freebies and the low ticket things. And then I've started doing it a new way and I'm getting so much better results. So the new way is from a, and primarily through video, I'm using video, whether it's live video or, you know, video that's intentionally created to speak to the problems that I know my person has, and then really setting the stage for, I have a solution to those problems. So I just, you know, I call it a flywheel, you know, it's a problem flywheel, essentially, where you're creating all these individual videos that are speaking to the problems that you know your person has. In some cases, there are objections too, you know, where you can shoot the objection in the foot. <laughs> and then you use that content to attract your person to you. They're like, oh, yes, girl, speak. You're saying that I, and, and they're like, you're in my head. And so those, those video, that video content has been so powerful for me because it weeds out the freebie person. It also nurtures that person through a buying process that I'm not really having to like facilitate with a automated webinar, for example, that everybody leaves a halfway point or when you get ready to sell, right? So they do it on their own. It's kind of like a Netflix effect. And by the time they get ready to book a call, they're already pretty much sold. You just have to answer any questions they have and sell them your higher ticket. So it just works so much more effectively. And I've been able 
able to make thousands more a month with this strategy versus trying to sell $47 things. I love that. And so when you're talking about these videos that you're creating and you said some of them might be live, some of them might be pre-recorded, are you posting them on YouTube, on your website, on social media directly? What's your strategy for getting those out there so people actually find them? The short answer is everywhere. And we have tried to start, we're really on a big mission right now for repurposing. So like take, if I'm doing a quick little video on three ways to do Z, right? We are pulling out the three ways and using them like we're creating those right now, actually. But I think this is going to be a really solid strategy to pull the three things out and then redirect them back to the bigger video, right? So, you know, if it's three ways to get more clients every month, then the three ways I'll just, they'll pull out those three things from the original video. We'll create a small little, you know, reel or story, or we're even going to use those smaller bits of video content for YouTube shorts and all the places. Instead of trying to, you know, I feel like that's something we've all done over the years is create content for content's sake and then not milk it, you know? So be more intentional with your content and then milk it, you know, use it in all the places. I feel like I can definitely (laughs) couch for the, like you're on this content creation hamster wheel, but then you like finish it and then you're like, okay, on to the next thing. And you forget that you've already put all this effort into it and why not use it in all the different places and take snippets. I love that. That's such a great repurposing concept. Even going back to existing content that you haven't thought about for a while, like if you've been blogging, for example, even if that content is two or three years old and you haven't, if it's still true, evergreen, meaning, you know, it still has life, then just record it. Like use that blog post as a script, if you will, and record it, make it a video. And now you haven't had to sit down and figure out what you're going to talk about because you already have the the idea, the content, the concept, and then you just create a piece of content that's different around that same piece of content. I think we just work so hard to come up with the next great idea when we've already had some great ideas, you know, we just have to leverage them. Ah, that is so good. Yes. Using what you already have and making the most of it before you try to create new. (laughs) So I think that's, that's so brilliant. So I feel like when you go on video, people really connect with you. Is there something that you do? Maybe it's because you've practiced so much. Some people might not be as comfortable on video. What tips do you have? So people, when they do decide to do video, they'll be like, okay, like I'm going to connect with people even though it's just me and a camera and I'm not quite sure what I'm doing. What what kind of advice could you give people here? So most people think just because I start or they see me now that like I'm an, a natural or whatever when it comes to video. So when back in the day before a live video, I would have to do video still like we were video has been a thing for a while. My team hated me on video days. I would lock myself in a room. I would record it 50 times. We would edit it to death because it had to be perfect. So video was not my thing at all. I would struggle to maintain this or, you know, if I didn't have a script, I couldn't follow along. I mean, it was just a nightmare. So if you're that person here, like, yeah, you can do it, but I can't trust me. I was that person. I am you in that, in this moment. When live video came around, I was like, yeah, no, mm-mm, mm-mm, that ain't me. I, what? It's unscripted. Like I have to get out there. I have to put myself out there and you know, I'm not doing that. 
but I did it a couple of times, one with friends in a couple of situations. And then one, you know, I wasn't on camera. I was showcasing an event, for example, and thousands of people showed up. And I'm like, what the heck is going on here? I mean, I could do a webinar and I can have, you know, a thousand people sign up, 200 maybe show up live. Like I've got thousands of people right now that are looking at, I mean, I have their attention in the moment. There's something to this. So I'm like, okay, let's see what I can do with this. So I just embraced it. And I quickly realized that people didn't care if my hair was sticking up or my nose was shiny, or they just wanted the content. They didn't care if I tripped over my words. And so I just got over myself. And, and the more you do it, the better you get at it. So it just was an evolution. I did. I can't say that I'm necessarily, I, I didn't start out where I'm at today is my point. I just had to get better at it and, and really having to get over myself, realizing it's not about me at all. If you care about your person, show up. If you don't continue to hide under a bushel barrel, but that's not you because I know that's not you because you do care. I'm speaking to all of you that are listening. You do care. You just have to get over your own insecurities because live video, video across the board is the most effective way to build the like and trust factor at a super accelerated rate. I love that. Yes. And that's definitely been the case in my business too. I started off doing video fairly early on and I feel like my business took off as a result. And then I kind of stepped back after I had kids and I was like, you know, there's no quiet moments and I don't think I can do this at home. But now, you know, I'm back on video a lot more and doing live videos. And I feel like it it is again, like accelerating things. So I feel like if you are saying that video is not for you or that, you know, you'll just do a podcast or you'll just do written content, that's, that's, that's fine too. Those are great mediums, but also video has that magic that a lot of other places just don't have. So yeah, thank you for sharing that, that, you know, we don't all start off super confident right on camera. No. And I think that's true of pretty much everything in our businesses, right? When we first start, like everything is an unknown and you just get better at it. It's like blogging. You start and you look back, or if you're creating, if you're creative and you're designing something, if you, you look back at what you first created versus where you are today. It's like, I hope nobody sees that first or your first tweet for crying out. Like, seriously, like think of all the firsts. We forget that this is a journey. We don't start out knowing everything. A hundred percent. So there's this other element to doing live things, which is social selling and the social aspect. So can you talk a little bit about that? Like, what is that? How do people tap into that? A little bit more info. And then we do have some questions coming in too. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a motto that serve, don't sell. And then when I am in these the mode of selling, meaning my intention when I go live is to sell something. I do it from a service place first. And then I usually use a very simple formula. And it's one that probably everybody has heard of or, or at least can follow. And it is, here's the problem. Y'all listen, and I just keep it real. I just lay out the problem. And if there's multiple problems, I, you know, I lay it out. Listen, this is the way I see it. This is what I've experienced or, you know, again, what I'm seeing, depending on the situation. 
and I get their buy-in. Are you having this problem? You know, and they're like, oh my gosh, how does she know that I have this problem? And then I agitate it a little bit, you know, poke it with the the stick and say, well, I get it because I had the problem, or I see this with my clients all the time, or, you know, whatever the scenario is, it doesn't necessarily have to be your own personal experience. You can say, I deal with this. I'm a coach. I see this all the time, you know, or I'm a service provider. I see this all the time and I get tired of seeing it. So I've created a solution. So it's a problem agitate solution structure. Talk about the problem, very conversational, get their buy-in, you know, talk about, you know, how you've seen it and, and hey, have you guys seen it? Like if you're coaches or if you are blah, 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 are you seeing these problems? Um, again, it gets them to relate to the content, but there's absolutely a problem here. And then I present the solution. And that has worked very well for me. I don't really, and I'm not a hard sales person. I'm not like, hey, go buy this or, hey, it, we only have five of these or, you know, I don't do any of those things. I'm just about, hey, if you've got this problem, you know, you need a solution to it. I've got a solution. If you want it, go get it kind of thing. So I just do a very, I call it a very low key way of selling. I'm not a pressure salesman. I wouldn't even say I'm a salesperson. I usually just approach it through the lens of if you're like me and you had this, have this problem, I get it. I had the problem. Here's the solution. And you know, if I can help you solve it, perfect. If I can't, you know, and that's the way I leave it. That has been very successful for me. I once created like $12,000 in sales in 20 minutes on Periscope using this exact same strategy. My number one conversion mechanism for selling is still my live videos. When I go live and I use this strategy, it is my highest, even it outperforms my email list. That's amazing because I know that email usually is such a high converter. So I love that social and live selling is really where, where you shine. And so how do you know like where, where to start in terms of like those problems that, that you're talking about? Like, do you do a lot of customer research? Do you, is it when you do your one-on-one calls with potential clients? Like how do you decide where, where to focus for some of those problem solution type things? Such a great question. So my perfect person really is a previous version of me. So I get them. I have been them. And the challenge though, if that's true for you, which it usually is for a lot of us, a lot of us have our perfect person is a previous version of ourselves. The challenge really is you have to remember where you started. You can't forget that because if you do, you've just missed out on a whole bunch of folks. So I start there, you know, what was my challenges then? But I'm also very in tune with what people say, especially even as you're doing these, you know, problem agitate solution kind of types of lives, people are telling you things or they're, you know, if you listen, you can use that language, you feed it right back to them. And sometimes I do it in the moment, like, Hey, look, Lena is saying this, Lena, you are exactly right, girl this is a problem. This is an additional problem to the one I just said, you know? And so I just pull them in sometimes literally live and in the moment, but listening, truly listening is the gold and, you know, creating opportunities to get them to talk to you, you know, whether it's polls, if you have a Facebook group or you don't necessarily have to have a Facebook group, but if you do, polls are great inside of a Facebook group, you know, send in an email asking like, what's your biggest problem right now? all the things, it does take some time. 
I would even say that some, one of the things I've done fairly recently is I picked 50 people that were buyers, previous buyers, and I picked up the phone and I called them and I got so much gold from that. Now that took a lot of time and energy, but it also created sales because while I had them on the phone, they told me they had this problem and I was able to help them solve it with something I had. So it was, I didn't, I didn't approach it through that lens. I wasn't trying to sell them something, but that was a byproduct. My intention by calling those 50 people was just product research. You know, I was just trying to find out or customer research more specifically, you know, what was it that they, you know, why did they buy the thing? Did it help them? Did, you know, I just had a list of questions and, and I got so much gold from that. So that's another, it's more time consuming, but it could be tremendously valuable to you. I love that. So obviously you've had a lot of experience with using different online course platforms and membership platforms over the years, and now you use Access Ally. So what were some of the problems maybe that you were having with the other platforms and what led you to Access mm -hmm. Ally and kind of why you've stuck? Well, so I'll approach this from why I love it now, and then I'll circle back to some of the other things. One, it gives me complete control of my content. I don't have to worry about it being somewhere else. So like, you know, there's this old saying, never build your house on somebody else's land, right? And I feel like that's kind of what we're doing. I'm not suggesting that, you know, some of the like Thinkific or Teachable or some of the other, you know, course tools are not reliable. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that like having your content built on your authority, let's speak to it in that tone, is very powerful. And that means, what that means is if somebody is looking for your course, for example, or they are looking for a course that has your course name, you know, whether it's Facebook ads training or whatever it is, they're looking for it, they're going to find it on your site versus finding it because Thinkific or Teachable or it's going to have a higher page rank than your domain, more than likely, unless you're Forbes, you know, so that means that they're going to get your traffic versus your domain getting the traffic. So that's, that's very powerful. And then obviously being able to custom create the look of uh, the experience that my students have is very powerful. And you can't necessarily do that to the degree that we have done using access allies. I'm just a visual person. So I really appreciated that I have so much functionality or I can use so much creativity versus being forced into a box on some of the other arms. So those are kind of my big reasons for why I love access ally. But to go back directly to your question, we use Thinkific initially. And the reason that we were decided to check out Access Ally and have, haven't looked back is something that was kind of very specific. Now, whether or not they've changed it, I'm not sure. But our problem at the time was that we had a membership, the Go Social Content Club, and people would come in at different times. And they would, we couldn't control when they got access to it based on the date. And then we, like I said, we have not looked back. It has been, it was such a smart decision on our part. We didn't even really realize some of the benefits we were going to get when we initially moved. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. And, you know, one of the things I think people do when they're creating these courses that you're talking about where, you know, there's the curriculum, then there's also the coaching and the community, you know, what 
how do you deliver all of that? So you have videos, that's your curriculum maybe. And then the coaching maybe is a Zoom call. Like I think sometimes people don't know the, like, how do you actually do that, <laughs> right? And the community maybe is your Facebook yeah. group. I'm not totally sure what that all looks like. And I, people probably want to know. Yeah, absolutely. So in my design to scale program, which is all about this entire model, which is taking, in some cases, taking an existing course that you have that you're selling for, you know, some 297. I, I literally have had people come into my program. They were selling a course for 297. We helped them repackage it, reposition it, remessage it. And now they're selling it for $5,000. Same content. They just restructured it. And now they added the coaching component. They added the, the community component. The value proposition is way higher. But the way we teach it essentially is, you know, again, repositioning it at a higher level because you have the additional components, which are super value-based people right now. People are tired. I think, I think that's why course sales, by the way, I didn't mention this before, but course sales across the board are way down. Why? because they've already done this. They've already gone, think about it. You've done it. We've all bought the courses, opened it up and okay, I'll come back to it tomorrow. And then tomorrow never comes y'all. So people are, they know themselves now, you know, there's, there's the, know thyself, right? Like, okay, I've spent $2,000 on that thing and I haven't gone through it. I'll get around to it. Cause I have it for lifetime, right. Or whatever. So the people know that they're not going to do the work really now. So it's why course sales, I think, are way down, but they also know they need assistance. And if somebody puts an offer in front of them, they still have the problem. They still want a solution to it. You've got the solution. You come along and say, I'll be your guide. I'll be your coach. And we're going to have a weekly Q&A call. This isn't necessarily the same as group coaching. So let me, let me say that too. I think a lot of people mistake this for group coaching. It is a group environment. So you're not doing one-on-one -on -one calls, but it's not about you showing up and just vomiting on them, regurgitating content, which is what a lot of group coaching is. This is about you as the leader, the expert showing up once a week and answering their questions about where they are, um, how this matters to them. It, and coming alongside them to help them get the transformation you promised them. And they'll still most likely not go through the curriculum, y'all. They're going to come and they're going to ask their questions, and then they're going to go take action on it. You may have some resources that might help them, but it's basically about taking existing content from, you know, something that you might be selling for $297 all the way to maybe even $2,000 where you're not consistently selling it and repackaging it, repositioning it, having a weekly call, Q&A, maybe two, depending on how much your community needs. And then the community aspect itself. Now you mentioned Facebook, you can absolutely use Facebook, but I will say this, I'm not saying you can't use Facebook, but it goes back to, again, you know, building your house on rented land, right? There's been a lot of talk about not doing that anymore. So we're currently using a platform called Tribe, but Access Ally, they have a component to a community component now. And I think they're going to build that out way more, which I think will be make Access Ally a one-stop shop when they totally get it up and operational, because it'll be very similar to a Facebook group. 
So that's going to be powerful, but there's other resources out there like Circle that are community tools. So I think you just need to decide the easiest path to least resistance would be probably in this order. If you're already using Access Ally, probably Access Ally as a place to start. A Facebook group would be least resistance too, because we all are familiar with it. And then maybe look at tools if you want something, you know, like Tribe or Circle or something different, but you need that community aspect. Absolutely. I love that. And yes, community community ally is the access ally add-on. So it's not available to the general public. It's available to access ally clients. So definitely get in touch with us if you're an access ally I hope ally I client. didn't drop the ball there. I mean, or it's coming, it's coming y'all. It's coming, exactly. <laughs> and we are super excited about it. So yes, thank you for that mention. But yeah, so, okay. So somebody is like, okay, I want to do this. How can they work with you to help like reorganize and restructure what they already have? Because I feel like it's essentially what we were talking about where you were saying, you know, you have all this content that you're creating all the time. You can repurpose it. This is repurposing your course and just kind of up-leveling it and making it awesome. So how can people find out more about how to work with you to do that? Well, if you want to just like have a quick conversation, I am not about selling people things that they don't need. So, but I do have a link that you can go book a call with me and see if this is a fit for you. I don't think it's for everybody, but I definitely feel like if you have knowledge and a true expertise that you're potentially just giving away or you're not selling it consistently. So basically my design to scale program is about helping people not just reposition and repackage and, you know, re-message it essentially, but it's about marketing it, you know, and doing so consistently. So you do reach those 20 K months. In fact, we have a plan to get you to hundred K months. And if you would like to talk about it, just go to gars.com forward slash game, and we'll have a quick conversation. No obligation, you know, would this be a fit for you? Yes. I love that, Kim. Thank you for sharing that. And I think it's one of those, like when you have something, but it's just not quite working, you want to tweak it and you want to up-level it. Then working with someone who has done it, who's helped other people do it too, I think is super powerful. So thank you for sharing that. I think you're going to, in fact, you'll see the whole, some people call it different things, high ticket programs, high ticket courses, hybrid programs, They're popping up everywhere because what I've shared with you today is something that not only I am seeing in the space, it's other, you know, other people who have traditionally taught courses, they're seeing the same thing. They're saying, hey, we have to shift this because what we've done in the past is not working. I've seen so many amazing things happen with my students so far, whereas before they were kind of stagnant, they were stuck, they were waiting, you know, for somebody to bump into their course. That's no way to really leverage and scale your knowledge. So this is just a model that works so much better for your students, as well as for you financially. And the better part of it is the time commitment is so much less than if you are a coach and you're trading time for money. Yeah. And I do, I feel like there's a lot of coaches who are trying to scale and then they kind of get stuck with the one-on-one or even they do group coaching, but it doesn't quite have the results or there's something else missing there. So this is like, I love the hybrid approach. And so one question I had actually, so you mentioned doing weekly calls and you're enrolling people maybe every month. So do your groups get bigger over time for those calls? Does that become a problem or how do you kind of manage? And do you just have like ongoing as you keep getting people into your program? 
Such a great question. So far, it hasn't been a huge problem, but my intention, if it does, it will eventually become a problem. So when I say I do a weekly call, I'm not like, okay, we're here for an hour. Only we're going to only answer questions for an hour. Not the way I do business. We're there for as long as it takes. Everybody gets a turn. I don't limit the amount of time that I spend with each person. So right now, everything is just wide open. My intention is pour into these people and get them the result that they're after. But I feel like the more people we get into the program, the more it will become a concern. So you could do things like, you know, limit your questions or the time spent with each person to 10 minutes for example, right? And then if you can't get done in that amount of time, hey, I'll record a quick video for you and I'll drop it in the community, right? So that's one way to, you know, affect that. But the the way I think I'm going to approach it on the front side is to split the calls. So traditionally, what we have found is that people, there's two types of calls. There's what I would call more business focused questions, strategy call questions, and then there is tech questions. So I think I'm going to split my day. I'm going to have two days a week. Here's the strategy call. If you got a strategy question or if you've got a tech question and then we'll divide it up like that. So in technically on tech calls, I wouldn't necessarily even have to be on those. I could have my team do those. So that's kind of my vision for how I ultimately want to do this, you know, splitting it down the middle kind of thing. But my program is really focused on trying to keep the tech issues to a minimum. So we deliver, we, a lot of our deliverables are things they'll need are pre-created for them so that they don't have as many tech issues because that's always the holdup. You know, you tell somebody, here's the strategy and they're like, okay, but like, how do I do that? So we're trying to make it super easy for people to get the transformation. I love that. And yeah, of course, as a tech person, we definitely see that too, where people are like, I want to do this and how do I do it? So yes, I agree. Mm -hmm. That's kind of a a hurdle for a lot of the online. That's the thing. Online is awesome, but also there's a learning curve with the tech side sometimes. So definitely appreciate that. All right. Well, we're wrapping up for today. Thank you so very, very much, Kim, for being on with us live today. We had some great comments and people are saying, you know, great share about embracing video and just being okay with being human. I've overcomplicated video for way too long too. So it definitely seems like it's resonating for a lot of people here. And yeah, thank you so very much for being on. It was such a pleasure. Obviously people can go to kimgarst.com. We'll have the link below also. And if you ever, if you have a question about anything and you just want to like reach out, just send me a message over on Instagram. You can find me under my name. So it's just Kim Garst. I love voice messages. I'll always respond. So just send me a message. Ask me a question. I'm happy to answer. That is super generous of you. Thank you so much, Kim. And thank you, everyone. We'll catch you in the next episode. To get the show notes and links from today's episode, head over to natalielussier.com and click the podcast link. You can also subscribe to receive email notifications when new podcasts are released. Thanks for listening. And until next time. Want to keep growing your business on your terms? Then sign up for my free newsletter, The Momentum Memo. You'll get quick, actionable tips to gain momentum in your business every Tuesday. Head over to natalielussier.com forward slash memo to join over 6,000 other entrepreneurs scaling on their terms. Whether you're just getting started or have been running your business for a while, the Momentum Memo has something for you. 